Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, we welcome to the studio counselor, coach, and colleague, Stephanie Hardwick. And the two of them will be well, pretty much geeking out about their favorite teachers. Those are the spiritual kind and plenty of resources to follow. That's coming up right now on Sunny in Seattle. And now we welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I am your host, attorney turned life coach, Sunny Joy McMillan. And we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW, bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to inspire you, encourage you, and give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those archives that are found at 1150kknw.com um, and find out more about me, connect with me for coaching, and all that good stuff at my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. Um, and so I wanted to mention an event real quickly, our housekeeping. Um, so many of you may already either have heard of this or attended it, but it is just about time for the 27th annual Women of Wisdom Conference, um, which is crazy, 27 years, um, well before I ever got to Seattle. You mean Seattle. wow. Exactly. It is wow, the Women Too of easy. Wisdom. Yes, I know what a fun <laughs> acronym that is. Right? Yeah. So they do so much good work here in the Seattle area, and so this annual conference is a really beautiful time to come together and experience a variety of different teachers. It's three days. It'll be February 15th through 17th, so coming up here in just a few weeks. I believe it's a Friday through Sunday. Um, the theme this year is Spark Our Creative Fire, Dance in Power and Beauty. Um, and so WOW is actually one of the longest-running women's spirituality conferences out there um, since 1993. Um, they have been providing you know, a unique and intimate setting for women to create lasting change in their lives and in the world. Um, and I was very uh, honored to be included in the teacher roster last year, um, and I presented a course on connecting to your calling through partnership with the divine. Um, and this year, I am debuting a um, first time, I've done this with clients before, but this is the first time that I'm actually doing this publicly in like a conference or group setting. Um, and it's my program called Soul Digger, Seeking the Gold That Comes from Your Soul. Um, yeah, so um, this has been a little passion project of mine for a while. And of course, I'm still doing my unhitched work um, for women that are struggling in their marriage. But um, Soul Digger is really near and dear to my heart um, and dovetails really well with the unhitched work because um, there was a time in my life when I looked to externals, basically the gold out there, um, for my worth and my value. And that didn't work out so well. So uh, I was really inspired by um, a quote by Martha Beck that I saw not too long ago that says, uh, be brave enough to turn away from the shiny objects and toward the light that makes them shine. And, you know, I like shiny objects. Um, it's fun to be in this physical reality and to be able to experience beautiful things and, and uh, lovely experiences. But when it becomes a distraction or when it becomes a substitute for your worth and your value, which I believe comes from the divine, that's when we get into trouble. And so I am going to be presenting my Soul Digger course uh, at Women of Wisdom this year. So I would love for you guys to come out and join me. Um, there are There's a roster of amazing workshops that are going to be taking place um, all, from all kinds of things. And they also do, you know, we have meals together and there's usually some 
Um, we did last year, I believe there was Qigong and there was some chanting and there was dancing. And so in between the workshops, there's a lot of neat stuff going on. So come out and share it with all of the women who will be there. So the website to go to to find out more and to register is womenofwisdom.org. That's womenofwisdom.org. Um, okay, so I want to check in with Benny since I was it was a pre-record last week, so I was not in the studio. No, you were live. What are you I talking know. about? <laughs> I don't mind telling him it was a pre-record because right, right. I was in Austin for Sacred Supper yeah, Club. You had a reason to, and of course, yeah. congratulations on your book signing. Hey, thank you. I heard it was a success. Sorry, uh, yeah. I wasn't able to make that. Yeah, Benny was so sweet. He said he was going to bring the boys up to East West Bookshop. I had the kids yeah. in tow, and things just ran a little bit longer, and I was just like, ah, I can't make it now. You know, close to bedtime mm-hmm. on Fridays. You know, it's a school night. Yeah, so, that's but, late to come all the way up to. Ravenna I was really thinking are. about it. I was like, I was in my head. I'm like, I can make it over and then shoot straight down, use the carpool oh, lane. And no. I'm like, oh, I don't think it's <laughs> going to happen. I am just so. so, I'm just so tickled that you yeah. even thought about it. So well, thank yeah. you. So, yeah. It was, was uh, oh, go ahead. I'm just saying, it sounds like it was a great turnout. It was. And actually, our, our lovely guest today, Stephanie, who is in studio with me, whoop, whoop, uh, Stephanie Hardwick, she was there too. So, yeah, so, so I might as well just go ahead and say welcome, yeah, Stephanie. Bring her in. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It was so nice to be here and just honored to be invited. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Stephanie came out to the book signing. and I had such a good time, and I thought there were several friends who were either out of town or under the weather. And so I think we're going to, I'm going to, um, schedule another one whether that's at east west or maybe at elliott bay or third place books um we'll get that scheduled and keep you guys updated because it's kind of fun to do those i think you should too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah maybe we'll do one closer to maybe i'll do one see if uh the columbia city third uh is that um is that third place that's in seward park area i think so yeah because it replaced where the uh, pcc was down there right so anyway maybe i'll see and that'll be closer to where you are and you can yeah I'll be part of head of security there. Yeah, exactly. Head of security. <laughs> Sony's coming through. Everyone, move out. Move out. Benny, Pat. you kind of could. You look packages. Packages. Well, it's the beard thing. Oh, that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fear the beard. Well, anyway, did I miss anything <laughs> last week while I was out? No, we. It's a. It's a big Super Bowl weekend. Oh, so that's right. you know, basically, we just don't want New England to win, and that's about <laughs> it. How, however, we're thinking around here. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then we will reconvene next week and see how that goes. We're going to be there for the commercials, the food, and or the puppy bowl. I'm sure a lot of people might oh. be moving over to the animal channel for the puppy bowl. <laughs> yes. At least that's where I might be. <laughs> oh well, it's good to be back in here, Betty. Good to have you back Yay. as always. Um, yeah. Okay. So Stephanie Hardwick, I'm so excited to be in studio. This is such a rare treat that someone is actually in studio with us today. So, and you don't live too far from here, so it was very convenient. No, I got here in five minutes, <laughs> oh and God. I was so excited to come and have this conversation today. And especially when I found out I was going to be talking about um, our favorite resources and who we've learned from. So, an hour of just spouting off um, some of the greatest wisdom that I've come across, and loving yeah. to hear, you know, what you have. Um, bumped into as well. Yeah, and I, I just have to tell you guys. Well, so first off, um, so Stephanie is she's local here, so it's always fun to bring in our local talent. And so obviously, if you like what you hear today and you want to work with her, um, I encourage you to reach out. Um, her website is stephaniehardwick.com, and Hardwick is H A R D W I C K. So stephaniehardwick.com if you want to check out uh, a little bit about her while we're on the show today. Um, so she's got a master's in applied behavioral science. She's got a bachelor's in social work. She did the Landmark Education Forum, advanced course and leadership program. She's also an advanced clinical uh, hypnotherapist. Um, so she's got a big toolkit. And I had lunch with her not too long ago and another friend who unfortunately couldn't be here today because she's under the weather. She was going to come just join us in spirit and well, in studio originally, but she's here in spirit now. So Bettina, sorry you aren't here. Hope you feel better. Um, so anyway, we were at lunch and I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to resources. I love 
I just love reading and listening to podcasts and spiritual teachers that, you know, audio recordings, audible books, whatever it is. Um, And so it is rare that I find someone who is as fired up as I am about (laughs) these types of things. And at lunch, like we just could, the conversation could have gone on for five hours. And I left with a list of new books, teachers and resources that um, I have already started diving into. And I thought, okay, we need to have a show where we can come together and you can share some of this stuff with the listeners because we are, you know, speaking the same language in in terms of the things that I think that we uh, are inspired by and are really finding the wisdom in. Um, And so uh, some of you who are regular listeners will um, maybe be thinking, okay, this is first Friday, so where's Alessandra? Um, She had a conflict today, so what we've done, she's going to be on February 15th, so I had... Um, this lovely spot where it just worked out very serendipitously for Stephanie to come We're in. We're not here. like totaling this one up, but that's twice, I, I believe. It is she's twi- missed, two she, months in a row, oh, I think. This isn't yeah, cool. I know. Alessandra. She's losing some ground there. No, we, we, we nah, will figure it out. Second Friday, first Friday, third Friday, whatever. As long as it's a Friday where Alessandra comes in. She's like, whatever, guys. I can come in whenever. So hopefully we'll be back with first Friday in March, but for now, um, Alessandra will be joining me um, later on in the month. Okay, so like just coming into the studio this morning, Stephanie and I have a list of already 10 things that we just came up with as we were walking in, literally. Um, so I'm just wondering where to even begin. Um, actually, do you mind just telling folks a little bit about yourself and your background? Because, you know, you weren't always doing coaching and counseling work. And um, what brought you to where we sit today? Right. Um, So I was a professional just working in biotech, actually, in the Seattle area. And um, I always did my job, but what I really cared about was the people. And I have been so interested in my own life and what makes me tick and what's going to lead to a life of peace and ease. And I was really interested in asking questions and having curiosity about what creates that in other people. So um, I was very fortunate. A biotech did very well. They created the drug Cialis. I cashed out. Wow. I um, took myself to grad school, and um, that began my journey. So I've been practicing um, as doing coaching and counseling for 12 years mm-hmm. and, and now currently just exclusively doing coaching and have decided to step out of the therapist counselor role. Do you mind me asking why that goes? It's interesting. There was um, a woman in my master coach cohort, so it was a group of 12 of us, and she is a Ph.D. psychologist in, who's, who was practicing for 30 years in the Memphis area. And she has gone straight to coaching because from her view, she said she felt like she made more of an impact with her clients doing coaching than she ever did doing therapy. And not to say one is good or bad, right or wrong. It just was an interesting perspective. So I was curious for you why you made that switch. Yes, it was a very big decision and one that um, very heartfelt. And it wasn't to leave one because it didn't fit for um, for my clients. It was really about my fit. Um, counseling and therapy is grounded in all different kinds of theories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did many and, and was inspired by many, but it's looking in a particular direction it's looking towards the past and healing from the past. And I think understanding our past and telling that story is absolutely of value. However, I got very interested in what do I want to create now? You know, mm-hmm. what is my experience now and what direction do I want to look toward? Mm-hmm. And so I became very um, inspired and impassioned about the present moment and what it is that I wanted to create. And so looking backwards, mm-hmm. right, which advanced clinical hypnotherapy, I was doing a lot of age regression. It was a yeah. lot of going backwards. And I think that it's very interesting 
it is very interesting. Mm -hmm. I found for my clients, it wasn't necessarily the most useful route Mm -hmm. for me. Um, So I made a choice to continue only in coaching because that states a statement about what kind of conversations that I want to have. We will talk about the past in how it's in service to the future and what it is that you want to create. I'm very interested in this idea of uh, us being creative beings and that we are unlimited in our ability Mm-hmm. to create good in our lives. And I'll quote, that's Louise Hay. So I got that. was one of yeah. my favorite statements that I got from her. And just sitting in that, that we are unlimited in our ability to create the good in our lives. And for you to hold that belief, mm-hmm. we also have to give up the belief that there's something wrong with us. We were talking about that on the way in. And I, you know, I've been at this for 12 years and I am just a beginner in the human experience still. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, though, I've got some serious thought around this question, what is wrong with me and its Mm -hmm. usefulness because we're creative. You ask yourself a question and by God, you'll find an answer. Yeah, our brain, whatever question we give it, that's what it's going to be chewing on and looking for evidence of. And so if you were asking what is wrong with me. Right. And so I... I I've, I decided I wanted to be um, learning from and inspired by people that believed in our own innate health, mm. our own innate wisdom, right? That that we have everything that we need in us right now. And there's evidence everywhere. You cut yourself, mm-hmm. you leave it alone. You put, you know, if you leave it alone, it starts to heal instantly. And if you pick at it and you ask, oh, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with this? You know it never heals. So if you think about that psychology-wise or psychologically, Mm -hmm. we don't leave ourselves alone psychologically. Mm. We also have this wellness, this default to wellness psychologically that I don't think we know about. Well, we certainly aren't usually told (laughs) (laughs) No, right? And there's a whole lot of work we have to do. Like you have to work on yourself. Um, I think that there's a a part of us, there's a wisdom in us that can be trusted, Mm -hmm. that we could really drop out of our intellect, right? I think the society has a very heavy focus on our intellect. Mm -hmm. And um, the idea that really the intellect was never designed to be our master. Right. It was intended to be in service of our heart. Yes, Oh, my gosh, you're speaking my language. <laughs> yes, well, that comes from a book as well. So, um, What book? The Way of Mastery. Oh, I thought we were going to wait a little while before that came up, but sure. Right, and we, can, we can have a separate conversation about that book okay. at the end, but let's not okay. forget it because, no, um, you know, people ask me, what are you reading now? What's inspiring you now? And I have to tell you that I am reading this book, and I will be reading this book probably for the rest of my life. And I have to say, like, just for those out there, um, if you haven't read The Way of Mastery, I in my um, resource list, this book has come up repeatedly in the last couple of years. And I am beyond the two or three nudges that tells me that the universe wants me to check it out. So I was so happy to connect with you and uh, be reminded that The Way of Mastery needs to be next on my reading list. So. Um, yeah, whatever you want to say to it now, or we'll come back to it later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can, we'll come back to that later, but um, um, looking so mind and service of the heart, not vice versa. Right. Right. Just an overemphasis on the intellect, because I think that we have um, a little bit of a misunderstanding about ourselves and and how our experience gets created in life. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, we forget also our own true divine nature, mm-hmm. right? That whatever wisdom is in there that uh, in the universe that puts the earth the direct, correct distance from the sun that, mm-hmm. you know, great trees just grow up out of the ground and, and they know to reach for the sun. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever watched like a clematis, uh, this mm-hmm. vine flower that without eyes will crawl up the trellis and mm-hmm. if your cable line, like my house was, is too <laughs> close to it, it will reach out and grab a hold uh-huh. of the nearest thing. Uh-huh. Now, this clematis has no eyes. Mm-hmm. It has nobody telling it to reach. Uh-huh. It just knows. And yeah. I'm so inspired by nature. And, and that if we could know that our, our brains and mind, I think mind and brain are two different things, but we have Ooh. within us this same wisdom that could be trusted. And I'm just going to pose, perhaps we can't think our way there. Yeah. <laughs> I just had this conversation. So um, I, we had Sacred Supper Club in Austin, Texas this past weekend, which was why I was out of the studio. Um, and my partner in crime in that is a woman named Tara Daniels, who will have to come on the show at some point. She had a near-death experience in 2012, um, and she definitely brought back some magic with her. She had an abdominal aortic aneurysm, which has, I think, about a 3% survival rate. Um, and anyway, um, as we approach Sacred Supper Club, we often will butt heads a bit because I want to think my way out of, you know, pose the questions to our guests and the, the work. We do a little bit of pre-work before so we can hit the ground running at the event because we go pretty deep. And uh, <laughs> she says to me, she actually said that very thing to me last week, you know, Sunny, some things you just can't think your way out of. And I thought, Argh! <laughs> Get to trust, right? Yeah. To have this faith that if I drop out of my thinking, yeah. this this trying to chew my way or to strategize my way mentally into an outcome and to drop out of thought and to just rest in the now uh-huh. and allow wisdom to come to us. I, there's a one sentence, and I believe, um, I'll just keep quoting people yes, throughout please. this whole this time. Is what, so this, I said we were geeking out of resources. So. This particular line, I think, came from a man called Dickon Bettinger. Uh-huh. Um, so he is, we're very fortunate, he's a local um, teacher here uh-huh. that I had the absolute happy accident. I heard about him from uh, a person in Tennessee who was from England. Oh, so can you imagine so, yeah. when I found out he was in LaConnor? So he wrote a book called Coming Home, and um, he has this beautiful statement that he said that wisdom is what pushes through and comes to us when we get our personal thinking out of the way. Ugh, yeah. And statements like that, I think, well, it's the reason I worked with him for, I, I spent four days with him because of statements like that. And can I just back up? Because if I remember correctly, we talked about this at lunch. You wrote him, uh, you read the book and you wrote him a letter. And, yes. Okay. Can you, because this is, again, I just want for anybody out there, if you're feeling called or an urge like Stephanie did about what she's about to explain, act on it and you never know what will happen. You might spend four days with your favorite author or who, someone who's inspiring you. So do you mind sharing that? I know I don't at all. <laughs> so, um, you know, here I am, I'm a coach and a therapist and I'm very much, um, you know, change your thoughts, change your life. Um, at this point, you know, I have I, I meditate 30 minutes a day. I work out 30 minutes a day. I have to make sure I journey, journal for 30 minutes mm-hmm. a day and I read something inspiring. So I'm doing this every day because I have this belief that, you know, I'm hardwired for depression and I am a very functional, um, very highly effective, powerful coach. And these are the things that I do to inoculate myself against mm-hmm. kind of my my natural state. I've had some stuff going on in my childhood uh-huh. that I think I, you know, I, I thought that I was programmed to um, for depression. Yeah. 
And um, up until about three years ago, that that belief really functioned for me. Mm-hmm. Now, I was tired. That's a lot. That's two hours of my day and a lot yeah. of have-tos that I was functioning under. So I came across this um, this piece of work, and it comes out of something called the three principles. And that's really not necessarily important so much as that I talk about these wonderful teachers that I've come into contact with who I think are incredible. And they're all over YouTube. They give their um, wisdom very freely, and mm-hmm. it's quite wonderful. So... I'm listening to podcast after podcast, and, and, and Dick and Bettinger says something, and I'm walking my dog, and he says, you know, it's far easier to make thinking unimportant than it is to change the content of thought. Will you say that again? I will, because it stopped me in my tracks. Yeah. It is far easier to make thinking unimportant than it is to change the content of your thinking. So how do we do that? Exactly That's why, why you wrote him? I wrote him an email. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I stopped and I, I listened to that statement over and over again. And I thought, well, it can't be that simple. Yeah. Can, can you do that? Yeah. So I did. I, I know I have clients at this time, right? So I'm yeah. real time sharing this type of idea with clients. And I'm seeing them having... Um, an experience of lightness because they're basically if, if a thought arises and they recognize that they're suffering, they would just know to kind of put a big red X on mm-hmm. it and drop it. And that's all I knew how to do. And it felt very new and I didn't know what I was doing. So I, mm-hmm. I typed up an email to, to Dick and Bettinger and he was so gracious. I think got back to me in the same day. What? And I just said, can I talk to you? I'm a practicing coach and I'm, I'm so inspired by what you're saying, but I'm also bugged by it. I have a yeah. lot of rebuttal, a lot of argument. Yeah. And so what ensued is after spending an hour with him um, on a video chat, um, I was telling him um, about all my clients and my frustrations. And he, he said, well, let's talk about you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, your clients, they're going to be inspired and change when you see things differently. Yep. So I'm not really interested in talking about how they can see things differently. Huh. Let's talk about you. So I just, you know, we, he was talking about how, um, you know, we're only ever experiencing thought in the moment. And that's how our experience of life gets created, mm-hmm. that we feel what we think 100% of the time, no exception. We feel what we think, mm-hmm. meaning our thoughts create our emotions, create our action or inaction and create our result type of a thing. Right. So okay. we are never experiencing circumstances directly. Oh, okay. Our, exper- our circumstances do not create our experience. Yeah. Our thinking about those circumstances create our experience. And now he's saying principled, 100% no exception. Okay, to be able to say 100% no exceptions, there's very little that I can say that about. (laughs) Correct. I I started with all of my arguments. Well, what about torture? What about this? And and, and so I can't answer all these questions here, but... It got to the place where, um, you know, he he started talking about things like, um, you know, a, a, a peace and well-being that was with him all the time. And I could see it in mm-hmm. his in, in the way he he kind of randomly giggled like the Dalai Lama, all <laughs> yeah, the, like yeah. has a joy in him yeah. that um, I was inspired by. So I finally said, look, I we need to talk to you. So a colleague in mine went up to LaConnor for four days and spent four days um, being hosted by him. Mm-hmm. And it was um, very, very, very transformative because 
if you're in this place of I have this innate well-being that's in me 100%, mm-hmm. it's in me, just like a tree has wisdom to grow, mm-hmm. um, that the flower has the wisdom to bloom, that I could trust this wisdom was in me as well. And I went to battle. I said, now, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I've had some choppy things happen in my past. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of conclusions that I made about myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of hardwired for depression, right? And so mm-hmm. here are all the things that I need to do. And he very compassionately listened to me. Now, this was after spending four days with him, mm-hmm. which I sat in his presence where he did not buy into that story for one minute of okay. those four days. And so I'm telling him about how I'm different, that I can't actually trust this wisdom to provide me mm-hmm. because my, my thoughts are kind of dark. Mm-hmm. And he said, I understand. I used to be that way too. And he said, and that is just a thought. If you get beyond that thought, you have an unlimited well of well-being waiting there for you. Okay. And in that moment, I recognized how the belief was that I was hardwired for depression. Uh-huh. Like, I, what is on the other side of that? If I look through that lens, if I put on that pair of glasses mm-hmm. every time I think about myself and I look at the world through that lens, mm-hmm. then every time I would have a bad mood, the next thought would rise would be panic. Like, mm-hmm. oh, gosh, I better work extra hard. I, I feel a little bit down. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Yeah. I better meditate longer, work out longer, right. read more, journal more. Right. So how this occurred then a week later, right? And you always, when you come back from a retreat, you're on a retreat high, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. A week later, I woke up and I was kind of in a down mood. And I was like, oh, here we go, Dickon. Now what? Uh-huh. But then what arose in me was I don't have to do anything about it. There's nothing wrong with me. And I... I kind of giggled. It will pass. Just like a cut will heal, mm-hmm. I can leave myself alone. And I was actually quite giddy. So that was one of the first times when I felt a low mood. I didn't kick into extra mental health, extra work gear. Uh-huh. I just let it be. And it passed. And it passed. So for someone, let's say the belief isn't that they're hardwired for depression, but just something else that is a, a thought that causes suffering, how did he, again, I'm like, I want to know this step by step, but how how does he counsel folks on um, how to let that thought go? Because some people I notice, and myself included, grab onto it like a dog with a bone. Right. Does he have a method or just... So here's the best part about it. Oh it's really the understanding. When you understand how something works, mm-hmm. that understanding brings with it a whole lot of ease. So we spent a lot of time talking about how the system works, right? How Mm -hmm. my reality gets created by thinking in the Mm -hmm. moment. So if I have a particular thought, a fear, a depression, a frustration, if I understand where that's coming from, like, oh, yeah, I'm having a whole lot of frustrated thoughts right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm having a whole lot of worry thoughts right now. Mm -hmm. Then it makes a world of difference if I know that the system is designed for me to feel my thinking versus, oh my God, something's wrong with me. This is my past programming coming up to bite me in the tail. Yeah. I better work harder. No, the, the system doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. I can trust myself. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, moods happen, right? Up and down. You watch a baby, they have moods, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so I can just let it be. I could, it, was, it was basically a, an invitation to be with what is. So we'll bring in Byron Katie, yes, right? Who yes. is, I think, um, one of the most influential spiritual teachers about helping you be in acceptance of what is. Yes. He helped me bring it to another level of mm-hmm. really getting that there's a wisdom within me that is beyond my personal thinking. Yep. And that I can drop out of that and trust that I'll know what to do when the time comes. Does that make sense? It, it really does. Um, and it begs another question for me, but I'm looking at the time and we have already reached our break, which I knew would happen um, with you in here. <laughs> so go fast. So I'm joined today by Stephanie Hardwick. She is one of our local Seattle talent gals. Um, she's a counselor, a coach, although primarily coaching these days or only coaching. Correct. Yes. Coaching. Coaching. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. So if you want to find out more while we're on our break, her website is stephaniehardwick.com. That's stephaniehardwick.com. And um, we will be back in just a few to continue our conversation on some of the resources that have been life-changing for It sounds like we've shared many of the same ones, but life-changing for us both. So see you in a few. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story, and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched. Unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available for pre-order today on Amazon.com. Through the generous support of individuals like you, Trees for the Future has planted over 155 million trees and changed thousands of lives in the last 29 years. With your help, Trees for the Future continues to train thousands of impoverished farming families across Africa to plant their way out of poverty using an agroforestry method called the Forest Garden. Forest gardens consist of nearly 4,000 fast-growing fruit, nut, and timber trees that thrive alongside climate-appropriate crops surrounded by a living green fence. These forest gardens eliminate hunger in two years, increase household income over 400% in four years, and have changed landscapes from dry lands for monocropping to rich soils supporting over 20 varieties of crops and marketable products. Learn more about how you can be part of these efforts by visiting trees.org slash radio. That's trees.org slash radio. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. It's time that you are heard, and I don't mean in just a conversation. I mean really heard. Imagine hosting your very own radio program on Alternative Talk 1150. Talk about being heard. Call 425-653-1150 right now to learn how affordable it can be to host your own radio show. Time slots are going fast, so take hold of this chance by dialing 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. 
<laughs> Welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. We've got a little bit of karaoke going on in the studio here. Studio karaoke. We yeah. should do that. I'm yeah. super impressed that oh, you right. can absolutely lip sync Christopher Cross is stunning in 2019. Oh, right. Yes. No, I've had bitty. a little help though from also InSync. They did a rendition too. I didn't know that. I yeah. You know Chase is kind of obsessed with InSync. Really? Here's theirs. So awesome. he's like, Chase is going to get that. Yeah, he, actually, he probably <laughs> right? already has it, Benny. Come on. That's right. It's on his wall. Oh, God. Hey, I think he actually did have an instinct. Listen to it right now. Yes, he was not a Backstreet Boy guy. He was an instinct. I like them all. Yeah. I like them all. Boy bands. I like them all. <laughs> so many choices. Um, okay, so welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. Uh, my guest today is Stephanie Hardwick. Um, she is a colleague, a friend. Um, she has her master's in applied behavioral science. Um, so she was a counselor for a while, but now she is full-time coaching. Um, and so we were talking about how she made that transition and some of the resources that have helped her along the way. And I guess we were talking about most recently Dick and Bettinger. Um, and so did we even complete the conversation on how you, because t- I know we're going to be digressing in so many different areas. Yeah, um, and I have a lot of other resources, too, that I'd like to talk about. Yeah. So um, I just encourage people. He wrote a book called Coming Home. I kind of talked to Sonny. Maybe she should reach out to him and have him on yes. the show. Um, and uh, he also has other colleagues that work in this space. And um, I just want to tell you, as a practitioner, there's another one, George Pransky. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually used to work together for many years. And George Pransky uh, wrote a book. Uh-huh. called The Relationship Handbook. Uh-huh. And it's very much grounded in the same understanding that I'm talking about, looking mm-hmm. in a particular uh, direction of the current moment and the mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. And um, what I love about this book, because one, everybody's in a relationship. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're at work or if you're a parent or mm-hmm. if you're in an intimate relationship. And this book covers it all. And it is the most hopeful book on relationship mm-hmm. I have ever come across. And here's what I love about it, oh, the practical nature of it. It's not a lot of work. So many couples, if they find themselves in, in deep water, mm-hmm. are very adverse to going into a counselor's office because they're going to make them look backwards and they're mm-hmm. going to make them do a lot of quote unquote hard work. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't put a time and attention on your relationship, mm-hmm. but I think this is one of the most gracious, hopeful, feel good, move in the right direction relationship books out there. Mm-hmm. And I recommend it to, to everyone. And, yeah, we were talking about this. And, of course, I think many people would be familiar with the Gottman Institute. or the, And, of course, they've put forth so many amazing books. And you said you put this right up there. Um, right. As a practitioner, I actually, in the end, um, after 12 years, I refer to this one more. Wow. And was this the one, uh, what was the idea we were talking about at lunch that had something to do with presumed innocence or what was, what is the word I'm looking for? And so the concept is um, a psychological innocence. Psychological innocence. I think presumed innocence would be legal term. <laughs> so sorry. Right. Okay. Right. Psychological. Lawyer. I get it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, you know, and it's this concept of psychological innocence. And this is one of the things that I love about kind of viewing um, this understanding in a particular way. There is really nothing to do. It's simply just to understand how we work and how we don't, and, and the implications that come out of that, right? So I'll just kind of break it down. If we're 100%, no exception, only experiencing life through our thought in the moment, okay. right? And I'm going to say that's both conscious and subconscious thought, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. something like um, uh, PTSD, that occurs on the level of subconscious thought, right? Okay. Here to allow sound, your body hits the floor, 
subconscious thought. It's still thought, right? You're experiencing life through thought. Yes. Okay. So if that's true, 100% no exception, that means that everyone is having their own separate reality. Yes. Right? And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, thought, first of all, before Mm -hmm. I get to psychological innocence. Like, it's really easy to say, oh, yeah, that was just a thought. Um, Thought, if you really look at the source of it, which I think you can't even name because I think that means to know the universe, to know what God is. Right. It is the creative force of the universe. Mm -hmm. Right. That little iPhone in our hands. That was that was somebody's thought. Yes. Right. So it's powerful. And we have this consciousness that brings our thinking to life. Mm -hmm. Right. So if we're in this place of thinking about our future retirement account and we see ourselves in a in an old folks home with no money, not Mm -hmm. able to pay for someone to care for us. Our lovely special effects system brings that to life. <laughs> right. We feel the loneliness. We feel the desperation. We actually secrete the appropriate adrenaline and cortisol to go to the muscle to actually attend to that image. So thought is ever love and powerful. Yep. So don't ever let anybody tell you you're just experiencing your thinking. Mm-hmm. Because I really want you to say, oh, yeah, I'm experiencing the creative force of the universe. Yeah, it's running through me. Because, look, we all get caught up in it all the time. Yeah. I get call up, caught up multiple, many times before breakfast. Yes. And, and so we believe our thoughts to be true until we don't. Okay. Right. So I'll give a lovely little household example. I have a cat that is aging and Mm -hmm. as he's aging, he has started revenge pooping throughout my house. If I don't attend (laughs) to his need like his servant, Uh he will uh, besmirch my bed. (laughs) It's very upsetting. Yeah. Right. Sorry, I'm laughing, but I. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That is very easy for me to say my cat is making me crazy. Yeah. My cat is making me so mad. No, my thoughts about my cat is. Yes, yes. But I can tell you for the first 45 minutes while I'm wandering around my house with my carpet cleaner and my rubber gloves, uh-huh. that thought that my cat is making me crazy is true. Yes. And I feel it is yeah, true yeah. and I rage like it's true. And then at some point, wisdom pushes through and I remember how the system works. Yes. And it doesn't mean that I don't still look at this cat and have some murderous thoughts, but I soften. Yeah. There's this space where I understand how life works, and I start to soften. Mm-hmm. And then he probably starts purring. <sighs> you know, and then, uh-huh. then I experience a warm cat purring. Yeah. And I shift. Yeah. So we experience the thought that we're having in the moment. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about psychological innocence. Other people are having thoughts and thinking them to be true. And they quite innocently are in a misunderstanding that their experience is created from the outside world. And whoever told them that it was different, right? Mm -hmm. So they quite innocently are caught up in this misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And since me, for me coming into this understanding as well I've been way more compassionate and absolutely given our political culture Mm -hmm. um, I have actually experienced compassion and psychological innocence in the face of some leaders that I absolutely disagree with Mm -hmm. 
the fact that I could even touch that space, given all that's going on and how polarized, um, really spoke to me in the power of this understanding. Yeah. And can you say any more to that? Because I know we've got a lot of people and I look at my social media feed and even the people that teachers that I follow and a lot of them are having a hard time with compassion even. And I just think that could help some people out there perhaps. Yeah. So if you, you know, see somebody who's got a policy out there, for instance, who who would like to build a wall to create mm-hmm. separation between people, um, you can just know they're having some thoughts. They have fears. They have mm-hmm. fears about an other mm-hmm. that they are believing to be necessary. Mm-hmm. They are believing to be true. They are, they think it's pr- pertinent and important. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how the system works. Yeah. Right? They don't understand that they're experiencing immigration through thinking. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't take action and that we don't put our time and attention and effort you know, it's really helped me with outrage. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this earlier, that that has really helped me with outrage. There was a while um, where I was really caught up having two um, young girls and having them ask me a lot of questions about um, political administrations and how things were changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would get very, very outraged. And this this understanding now has just changed it. Like, so when I see somebody acting in a way that I would definitely disagree with, Mm -hmm. I just recognize that, yeah, they're believing their thoughts 100% to be true and that they think the world is causing their experience. Right. And it doesn't mean that I agree with them or that I go soft or I don't pick up a sign and and share my opinion, Mm -hmm. but um, it definitely changes outrage to at least understanding how their experience is getting created. Right, which creates compassion. Correct, and outrage is gone. Which, <laughs> that outrage doesn't do anyone any uh, favors. I don't think, I, you know, I, I understand the feeling, but I think in terms of how do we change things, I don't see outrage changing to the same degree as compassion does. No, and, so. and this will bring me to another lovely oh, spiritual yes. teacher yes, who had a, had a who had a one-liner that turned me around. Mm-hmm. So we're so fortunate. Matt Kahn, oh, yeah, he's him. a spiritual teacher in this area, and, you know, I've never met him. And this man has inspired me and touched my heart in many different ways. And mm-hmm. one of him was this beautiful question. He was up there with his microphone, and he said, what one thing has your outrage changed? Good question. And I came up with a flat zero. Yeah. And so that actually began um, my work around mm-hmm. how can I see this differently, how I can show up with a softer heart. Um, and so, right, his statement really brought up that, you know, that concept yeah. of um, psychological innocence. Yes. And, and if you do that, if you assume that in another person, by the way, I just yeah. like the invitation for ourselves in our past Right, we have only ever done what we have done in the past because we were believing our thoughts to be true, mm-hmm. and so it's like, of course, we did what we did, whatever addiction we had, or whatever outrage we might have acted on. Um, that I just want to kind of say, of course, you did, yeah. and and you can with now this view of of psychological innocence, it just kind of helps us move forward and focus on you know, a new start. Yes. Um, And I don't want to switch gears entirely, but this made me, I wrote this down as you were talking because we were talking about our thoughts, um, whether they be subconscious or conscious, that's what starts the whole thing. So are you of the school of thought that the, the, the order always goes thoughts, 
emotions and then everything else follows? Or do you, is there an instance where emotion happens first? Because I'm, I, the reason I'm asking is because um, there's a teacher that I am following pretty closely now and I'm wanting to play devil's advocate with her, but I haven't put a lot of research into it. Um, and her model is, you know, we have a thought, the thought creates an emotion, the emotion uh, based on that emotion, we will take an action or no action, and then we'll get a result. So I'll just use the example. Let's say I have the thought, I'm never going to lose weight. So when I have the thought, and this is even kind of, it, her model is based on. This be, must be Brooke Castillo. It is. Yeah, you knew it. Okay. <laughs> I know her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, of course, she's drawn heavily from Byron Katie and Abraham Hicks and others. Um, but, you know, when I have the thought, I'm never going to lose weight, my emotional state is hopeless and sad. When I feel hopeless and sad, I tend to go to food um, because I have a history with emotional eating. So the action that I take is go to the fridge and get out the mac and cheese. And then the result that I get when I take that action over and over is that I gain weight, which basically kicks me back and proves my original thought that I'll never lose weight. So I have been trying to think of an instance. And I I like that you bring in subconscious thought because even if it is a subconscious thought, it seems like. The thought happens first, and then the emotion, and then everything else follows. Do you think that's true? So I would say that I would almost question, do we need to know? What if thought and feeling were two sides of the same coin? Ooh, yeah. And sometimes it comes in tails first, and sometimes it comes in head first, but it's that closely joined. Okay, so does it matter? Right, like I'm wondering, does it matter in order for you to understand there's nothing wrong with you, that uh-huh. we experience thought and feeling and at lightning speed, right? So, you know, a lot of our reactive thoughts to happen at the brainstem. So you're thinking at the level of a reptile, yep. right? And it's, and it's immediate, right? And I, I use yes. the example of PTSD. That, exactly. Or, you know, you're in a dark alley and someone jumps out with a knife. You're, I don't know what conscious thought you would have. Right. Or None. your body goes into fight or flight mode. That's right. And so I think that it happens very fast. But if you understand the design of the system, mm-hmm. the system is friendly. That's exactly where I was about to go. <laughs> the system is not designed to be your enemy. We don't have to fight our bodies. We don't have to fight our brains. And this is where I want to talk about mind and brain. Okay. Mind and brain are not the same thing. Okay. I believe within our skull, we have this gray matter and it is called brain. Yes. And we are human. We have come into this dual realm, right? We are here to experience contrast. So, you know, we have this divine wisdom in us, and Mm -hmm. yet we are also made of the earth. We are made of earthly things, Uh right? So we are in a universe of black and white and tall and short Uh and good and bad Uh and, you know, soft and hard. Uh And so we also have within us the divine and the human, Mm -hmm. And so thinking, the, the brain thinks, and the brain is going to have a programming, right? So how we're raised and, you know, this idea that our, our, um, our bank account creates our security, right? Mm-hmm. That's all programmed in there in the realm of personal thought. So right. this is what I talk about, personal thought. But then brain is also connected to what I would call mind. And you would call that universe, you would call that God, you would call that divine wisdom. Consciousness. Um, consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's in there too. And we are this amazing mix of both. 
And so when we talk about this thing called thought, I put, put, a, put a little T on it and a capital T, okay? And so if you start to experience, and I had one teacher, George Pransky actually mm-hmm. uh, shared it this beautiful way. You can look at thought as like a bubble machine mm-hmm. attached to the divine, right? There are divine batteries in there. It's never going to end until the day you close your eyes for the last time. The amazing thing is, is we just think, like those bubbles endlessly coming out of that machine, never going to run out. And um, it's neutral. This is probably a pretty provocative statement. It was for me. All thinking is neutral. It's what we do with it that is not neutral. We are not responsible for the thoughts that come into our head. Yeah. Innocence. Uh Uh-huh. What we do with it is not neutral. And the more we wake up to how our system works – the more we're in the way of, you know, in an upset, maybe catching ourselves and noticing, oh, my cat isn't pissing me off. My thoughts about it are. And we soften. Yeah. And, you know, and I know that we all want the same thing. I think all of us want a life of peace. Yes. Um, and, and so this to me seems like the most resilient, useful understanding because I have been more in the way of peace since coming into this only, gosh, it's been two and a half years since I've even heard the term, the three principles yeah, what it, say more about that. What is that? You know, and I don't talk about it directly as much because, um, you know, I don't know that it, it matters so much as is um, there's a man named Sidney Banks, and okay. he had kind of an enlightenment experience where he had a moment where he was like at one with all consciousness, uh-huh. and he came back. And this, you know, this was a man that was a ninth grade educated welder and spoke a particular way. Yes. And after this moment spoke a completely different way about life and how life occurs. And he came up with these, you know, he he didn't come up with, he was gifted these three principles, which is um, mind, Mm -hmm. which is this idea that we are divine. We are connected to this divine intelligence that we Mm -hmm. can trust. Our well-being is always divinely within us at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't actually have to find anything or cultivate anything. It is already in us. Okay. Um, And then... Thought uh-huh. is the other principle that uh-huh. this this amazing ability to think yes that it's creative it's divine it's personal it's um, the creative force of the universe that flows through us to, we are to use as a, a spectacular tool mm-hmm. and to put down when it's not working for us ah. and that we also have this consciousness that's the third. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that we have this consciousness that brings our thinking to life, right? It's this beautiful alarm system, right? So if you're feeling depressed or you're feeling anxious, that's actually a friendly design. Yes. Because it's just telling you that you're having some anxious thinking. It's telling you that you are having depressed thoughts. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a with the person with post-traumatic stress, right? If they, they hear a backfire and they hit the ground, that they are just experiencing lightning fast thought. Okay. And, and, and that it's a friendly system, right? It lets us know how we are and where we are. I, okay. I looked at my clock expecting to see that it was 945 and it is 954. <laughs> okay. And you're going to have to come back. Part two. I live down Holy the street. Crap. So this was this super, is... super easy, really. No, <laughs> this <minutes>. is ridiculous. <laughs> I will say in the his, this is, we were just doing the math. It'll be four years of this show in April. So that's kind of a lot of shows. Amazing. That is the first time that has ever happened that it has gone like 
that since, I, I mean, I've had a, a guest that I absolutely enjoy, but I have not looked at the clock once for this final it's 30 Christopher minutes. Christopher Cross, he did it. Oh. Put us in the flow. It's all about sailing. That's it's right. Just feeling yes. the flow, smoothness. It's like, it's like glass out there. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm not even sure what to do with our, fi- I mean, we could, obviously we could, I need to keep an eye on the clock as we take it home for the day. But okay, so the, we've talked about Dickon Bettinger and Coming Home, that's his book. We've talked about George Pransky, The Relationship Handbook, Sidney Banks, and The Three Principles. And he wrote a book, and I always tell people, too, that um, if you're interested in something, go directly to the source. Oh, absolutely. And so Sidney Banks wrote several books, and the one I would point people to is a book called The Missing Link. Okay. And it is meant to be eaten and enjoyed or to uh-huh. consume yes. as like a, a nice piece of chocolate, one stanza at a time. Do not read it like a novel. Okay. And I, we've got, I mean, I don't know how to do this in less than two minutes, but the book that I really wanted to make sure we touched on is The Way of Mastery. And um, it's, I'm just going to say it because, you know, I have been really a big fan of channeled work these days. The Way of Mastery has come up a lot. What do people need to know in this <laughs> <laughs> 30 you know, seconds or less. I'll give you my perspective this yeah. book. I, I, I am not as comfortable with channel pieces of work because I mm-hmm. don't understand it, right? But yeah. I've had some wonderful mentors that got me close to it. Yeah. So I brought, picked up this book, and all I know is I read that book, and something in me says, well, that's true. Yep. Well, that's true. And there are so many bits of wisdom and absolute things to, to know for your well-being in that book mm-hmm. and to believe, and I would say the three principles in this book are saying the exact same thing, Right. that um, I will be reading this book for the rest of my life. Every time I pick it up, I get something new. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very provocative statements in that book. Yeah. For instance, one of the statements, all circumstances are neutral. They yeah. are simply another invitation to come from love. Mm. So that's just one sentence out of many. I've only read to chapter 13, and I will be repeating until ch- I, I feel like I've mastered those first 13. And doesn't the book say that? Don't keep moving Correct. forward until, oh, yeah. So we may not in this lifetime even get to the end of the book. Uh, yes. And I would love yeah. to come and talk about this book. We could sit down with it and talk about all provocative, provocative things. It's okay, very good. Let's do that because that's usually my accountability to get things read because I have such a long list. So if I know someone's coming on the show to talk about it, there's my yes. deadline to get there's it done. There's a chapter on forgiveness and judgment that is worth talking about. Okay. Okay. God, Stephanie, this has just been so much fun and so amazing, clearly. Um, So for those out there listening, I have been talking to my colleague, my friend. Um, She is, of course, um, she's got a master's in applied behavioral sciences and bachelor's in social work. So she was a counselor for many years, but now she is a coach. And we talked a little bit about that at the beginning of the show. If you missed it, catch it in the archives, 1150kknw.com. Uh, you have been listening to Sunny in Seattle. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, I'm going to have on the show next week, Amy B. Share will be back on her newest book, How to Heal from Anxiety. Um, she's one of my favorite authors. So hope you can join us. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Stephanie, for being in Thank studio with me. me. Yay. And her website, stephaniehardwick.com, if you want more of her goodness and to connect with her. She's here in Seattle. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.